This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog. To enter our bonus contest, five winners will receive shirts, hats, and a $50 SGPN gift card. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Who wouldn't want to make smarter bets today? Because I, I sure would. I sure would. So let's get into the Cognizant Honda, pump, whatever you want to call it, my hometown event live about 15 minutes away. I will be there tomorrow through Sunday. My One of my favorite events, hit the winner last year. Shout out Chris Kirk right over my shoulder. Yeah, so we have another beautiful event in the Palm Beaches uh, and a strong field for what it's worth. This is one of the stronger fields we've seen in Palm Beach Gardens in a few years. So uh, just when when Rory when Rory McIlroy committed to, to the Honda or to the Cognizant, some, we will say Honda for a while. I'm sorry, we will say Honda. It, it got it got the juices flowing for this event because no matter what, we always get a great finish at this event. We get a great tournament, but not always the best field. The, the PGA Tour is dwindling away week after week, and we get one of the better cognizant fields we've seen in years. So Rory McIlroy, Cam Young, Matt Fitz, Russell Henley, Tom Kim round out the 10K range, which we'll, we'll get right into. Actually, talk a little Mexico. Little Mexico. Shout out to the Jake Knapp backers. Great call. Thought he had no chance going into the week, but if I'm going to victory lap a win, I'm going to victory lap a, 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 a dead wrong call. I was wrong about Knapp, but he came through, and he came through in very impressive fashion. I had Sammy Valamaki 120 to 1. He fell just short, so that was definitely a Sunday sweat. That's our fourth runner-up this season. Fourth in eight weeks. Zero dollars. Could have been 15 plus racks but here we are here we are nonetheless jake knapp clearly did not have his game on sunday and he did a lot to make it happen and win down the stretch like we see patrick cantlay's of the world zando Shroffley's of the world feel the sunday pressure and fold completely jake knapp almost did but he did enough to win in the end and it was a very impressive win because no one said winning is easy no one said he was going to be lights out on sunday under the pga tour pressure especially when you haven't won shit in your life like Jake Knapp wasn't a prolific winner on the Corn Ferry Tour or anything. He came out and did exactly what he had to do, fought his swing, got up and down on the whole back nine. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't a bad beep. Sammy Valamaki, we, we, we almost had him. But Jake Knapp did get lucky a few times, but you have to get lucky to win. You simply have to. Some of them were a bit egregious, though. That drive on number two yesterday, I don't know. That was Duck Hook scorching into the woods, and it popped right out. Easy shot at par. I don't know how. I don't know how that didn't go out of bounds. If I'm being honest, and the drive on number fourteen, the par five, sliced right, and sliced right, hit the ground and bounced left to the tree. Defied physics. If that bounced right like it was slicing, that would have been a layup, a punch out left, and he would have made par instead of making a tap in birdie. But those are the breaks you need to get when you win, and he did enough to win. So props to Jake Knapp. You got it done. Now, let's get into the Honda Cognizant DFS slate. I already went to the top. Rory down to 
Tom Kim. And there's definitely questions to be posed and questions to be made in this range because we know who's going to be chalky. We know who is not going to be chalky. I think there's definitely multiple avenues and we'll go through all these guys and I'll tell you their path for success and what I think you should do. So Rory McIlroy at the top coming off of two straight events in which he lost strokes on approach, didn't really play great golf, but he got a week off. He's has a home game this week. He sleeping at his sleeping in his bed, probably got with his coach over the past week and a half. And look, he's fucking Rory McIlroy. No one will be surprised if he comes out of the gate strong and fixes the iron play. But he has a mixed bag of results here. He has a win. He has a second place finish. He has some missed cuts too. So Rory McIlroy makes a ton of sense. And I, but I don't think he will be owned. This is a DFS show. I don't think he will be owned as much as he should be at least because of the recent results. And he's over like fifteen hundred dollars more than anyone else. So I think he's going. He'd be a good. He's a good play. I think he's safe to make the cut. I think he's safe to have a top three finish, top five finish. So it's a question. I think if he's sub. 18%, you can go. You can go do the Rory thing. But chalk at Cognizant, chalk at PGA National is tough. Chalk at PGA National is a recipe for disaster because it doesn't matter how good of a golfer you are, there is danger on every single hole. Every single golfer in this field, every single week, will have a few bad swings. It's fucking golf. It happens. But it's a matter of how you... Where you miss it, obviously, it's a matter of not being in the water, which every other golf course in the world doesn't have as much water as we see at PGA National. So there is, if the chalky guys might eject on Thursday morning, it's just how it goes. It's luck of the draw. I would say this is a massive week to avoid chalk, but there might be some you want to hit. And some of the chalk you might want to hit is Russell Henley at 10,200. This is a guy who's made eight of his last nine cuts at PGA National, one here, runner up here, great finishes. T4 at Sony last uh, this past few weeks ago, runner up at Sony, winner at Sony. I mentioned that because Bermuda course, precision off the tee, very similar crossover from YLI to PJ National. And he's going to be chalky, but is Russell Henley safe chalk? It's hard to say that he is, but he might just be because he's just so consistent every single time here. And he gives you that fairway, green, two putt, great on Bermuda, can get hot, can punch a six or seven under round. So I don't, I'm go, if I'm going to play chalky guys, I think Russell Henley is the only one I can consider. Contrarian play. I'll go back up to the top. Matt, I mean, Cameron Young. I love Cameron Young in DFS this week. He's going to be lower owned, but I see the path for him shooting four rounds of 68. It's a par 71, by the way, no more par 70. Four rounds of 68, finishing 12 under, finishing T7 to cash in a lot of your lineups. I, his off the tee game over the last few weeks has been absurd. And not that the PGA national is a course where you can drive the ball a million yards and it's a driver heavy goal. It's not, but he's going to be starting on another level off the tee. He's going to be longer in the fairway and in, he's been so long and so straight. So consistently, I'm not saying Cam Young's going to win the golf tournament. I'm saying he's going to be probably sub 13% and gives you that great equity from the alt T part of it. So it's the DFS scheme. I think he's going to be low owned and I think he has great high end finishing. So Matt Fitzpatrick kind of a weird, I was very high on Matt Fitzpatrick at Riviera and he missed the cut. No one could have predicted Matt, Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick missing the cut at Riviera, but that's now a few straight weeks of Matt Fitzpatrick 
hitting the ball really, 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 really poorly, which is, it is a concern. It truthfully is a concern. But look, you're getting Matt Fitzpatrick in difficult conditions. He's one of the most talented golfers in the world. I would not be surprised if he bounced back. But I've now bet him in two straight events, Phoenix and at Riviera. I don't know if I can go back to a third time. And I'm going to say the same thing about DFS. I don't know if I love that. So Tom came at 10,100. Is I was, I mean, a bit overpriced. I mean, not really overpriced because look at the field. 10,100 on a great a course that makes a ton of sense for him, even though he has no courses through here. Very accurate off the tee. Solid uh, going into the greens on his iron shots. The putter is hit or miss, but his best results have been on Bermuda, and that's what we're getting here. No real feelings on Tom Kim. I'm going to rank my top 10, or not my top five in this range. I'm really high on Rory McIlroy. I think he will do well. Then I'm going to go down to Russell Hanley, number two. Cam Young, number three, but I think he's a great contrarian target. Then I'll go Tom... uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tom, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tom Kim is a coin flip for me, but I'm here to make takes. I can't say I don't like either of them. I will go with Matt Fitzpatrick as the fourth ranked player in this group. Tom Kim, the fifth, just because I like Matt Fitzpatrick at a macro level more than I like Tom Kim. So let's get into this, this 9K range, but um, 9K range. let me move my screen down. Let's do that. Hold on. See, sometimes when I move the screen around, it doesn't go. Okay, 9K range. Good old Eric Cole down to Keith Mitchell. So Eric Cole, the course horse for one year, a very popular bet this week. He's got no chance. He has got no chance. Everyone, everyone's betting Eric Cole. This guy has content, has mixed, has been in contention one time in his... Pe- one! Z- zero NE. I spelled it with a zero. He has been in contention one time in his PGA Tour career. Yes, it was at PGA National. But he gained eight strokes putting. Can Eric can Eric Cole get eight strokes putting? Sure. Probably not. You don't want a guy who did it all with the putter in the year before and a guy who doesn't contend. He is the local. He's a local boy. He's a Delray Beach native. I get it. I get the storylines. But how often does that stuff pan out? Never. He's going to be giga chalk. Throw it away. Eric Cole has no chance, and at 9,900, I do not want to do it. JT Poston also might be a tad chalky, but and I do I do like it. His path is going to require him to play out of the fairway. The driver is hit or miss, but in his few trips here, he actually has hit the driver well. So I I'm pretty bullish on J, JT Poston from a outright from a DFS perspective. I don't. I don't want to. I feel like he'll be a moderately owned guy, but to, on the with the higher side ownership, I like JT Poston. It's going to come down to how he drives the ball because he can get scorched earth with his irons and putter. Got to play out of the fairway though. Okay, Sung Jm. Very interesting to see Sung Jm at this price point because it's been bad. He is lost strokes on approach in five five straight events for the first time since 2020. It's hard to say that's not concerning, even though he comes back to a golf course that he's won at, that he's finished T10 at multiple times. It makes sense. Obviously, Sung JM, short Bermuda, that is his jam. That is what he does best on. But you can't say that it's not a concern, the iron play. So at 9,700, I'm interesting to see what the community is going to do with Sung JM from an ownership point of view. It's going to be hard for me to get there if it's chalky, but clearly he's done it on this golf course before. Makes sense. But the 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 current play is not there. I'm going out to the golf course tomorrow 
Wednesday. Sung Ji Im is on the on the checklist of golfer I need to watch and see how he's hitting it. Min Woo Lee at ninety six hundred. The Min Woo Lee flow chart. So two two questions. Is it links? Yes. No. If it's yes, he can win. If it's no, he cannot win. That is the Min Woo Lee flow chart. Flow chart. Sadly, this is not links. I can see him in the water a few times this week on his second shot. His iron play is abysmal. Just the golfer he is. It's gonna take. He's still young. He's still he's still young. Elite, elite, elite driver. Elite, elite, elite around the green and on the greens. The iron play needs to come around. Not really sure PJ National is the spot unless it turns into a scramble fest. It's not going to though. The weather is going to be all right. It's we'll play a little bit on the firmer side, but uh, Minwuli, I'm not too bullish on Benny on. Going to be very, very chalky. Multiple top five finishes in his career. Has gained three plus ball striking in every single time he's been here. And he's coming off of an event at the Genesis in which he gained four strokes ball striking in a loaded field. So you could argue that uh, Ben On is, has the best form of his career coming to a golf course where he's played very well at. Bermuda, he's also putted well on it. At least at the, at least at the PGA National Bermuda. Not as a whole, he's not the best Bermuda putter. But Benny On tweeted this morning. Uh, everyone was like Benny On week, and Ben On tweeted the Michael Scott gif of him going like, "Not so fast, my friend." So uh, weird that he did that. Like, dude, just get off Twitter. I don't know what that means, but I just think the chalk alone is going to get me off of a uh, off of Benny On. So we'll move on to Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk, ninety four hundred, uh, winner of this event last year. I had him at thirty five to one. There he is, hanging up over my left shoulder. But. I'm not as bullish as I am on Chris Kirk this year as I was last year. Now, obviously, he won Century to start the season. Last year, he didn't have a win, but he had a T3 at Amex and some other great results. The ball striking numbers were a lot better last year, at least the month before, than than they are this year. He's lost in a few straight. The field's a little bit stronger. I'm going to take a backseat to Chris Kirk at a similar number, similar price than he was to last year. And... Maybe a little chalky. Shane Lowry is a PGA Tour regular. He plays here like damn near every single year, has finished fifth and second in the last two years, and he's kind of flashed. The, the iron play has looked all right the last few weeks. Not substantial, amazing gains, but this is a course he knows well, a course that he's played a bunch of times. I definitely like Shane Lowry at 9,300. D-Boog, Daniel Berger, is back to back-to-back fourth-place finishes, and two years ago, Daniel Berger blew a six-shot lead on Sunday. Yes, I had him. Yes, I was there. Yes, I got rained on. I saw it all. One of the worst days of my life, but we live and we learn, we move on. He heads back to a golf course he's had great success on, and he's flashed with the irons and flashed with the ball striking in Phoenix and at the Farmers. So the problem with Berger has the last few weeks has been the chipping and putting. He's back in Bermuda. He's back to one of his local courses, a course that he played a bunch of times. He should feel a lot more comfortable on and around the greens. I'm not sure how that will hold up for 72 holes, but I think he's a great DFS play. Like we don't need him to win the event. We can he could definitely finish inside the top 10 and still chip and putt, average to poorly. But he should feel more comfortable. I do like Eric Cole at 9100. Corey Connors provides a very safe floor. I think fairway green two putt, but it's comical how bad the the short game has been. Like we know Corey Connors is a bad chipper and putter, but it's like at a career low. I was just at a podcast with my friend Adam and he posed the question, like, does he practice? It's bad. It is really bad. So I'm, I'm out on uh, Corey Connors. Keith Mitchell will probably, probably be chalk at nine K and he finished 19th in the Mexico, 17th at Phoenix. 
he has hit his irons as well as he as well as he has in his entire career these last four weeks. I don't love Keith Mitchell when he gets chalky. I don't love look, I just see Keith Mitchell disappointing again because he disappointed everyone at Mexico. It was three over through three to start the week, and he never he couldn't recover from that in an event where you gotta go to like 19 under. Like it's tough to recover from. He tried to make a charge, but he was never in the mix. Like he was never contending last week. Um, he had that like really hot start on Saturday, and I tweeted Keith Mitchell trying to backdoor a top 15 finish to boast his case for PGA National next week. A course that he won at. And he's doing he, he's doing that exact thing. I'm gonna take the backseat to Keith Mitchell. I think he'll let you down again. I could see him as one of the chalky guys that missed the cut. So let's get into this 8K range. But before I want to talk to you about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is a great way to play alongside your favorite players. PGA, NHL, college, anything you want, underdog fantasy, you can win 100 times your money on the plays. Uh, you either choose higher or lower on a player's stats, and you go from there, put them, in, put them together, and you can load up. If you follow me on Twitter, I've been releasing underdog plays every single not every single day, but uh, most rounds. So follow me on Twitter for some underdog plays. And yeah, we will get into that when we get into that. So let me put my screen down just a tad and get into this 8K range, if it will work. There we go. 8K range, big Dan McCarthy down to Justin Rose. So let's get into this range. Denny McCarthy, uh, you can't see him on the screen, but he's $8,900. It's hard to argue that this course does not make a ton of sense for Danny McCarthy. He missed the cut here last year, 30th in 2022, but a third place finish in 2021. Just think, just think. Not overly long. Bermuda. Hit some wedges. Avoid bogey. Just play safe golf. Sounds like Danny McCarthy to me. But a chalky Danny doesn't always work out. I don't know if he will, he will be chalky though because he's not making a ton of noise. But the iron play has been either boom or bust. He's had some small gains with the irons. And that's the, that's the thing that throws his game off is the iron play. The driving accuracy is solid. The wedge play is good. The iron play is really hit or miss. But he's had some gains with the iron play. So I, And we know the putter and short game is going to be great with Big Den. So I do like him. Jaeger 8800 flashed again in Mexico. at T3. That's his third T3 in... Three starts, yeah, because he finished third at the Farmers. He finished 14th here in 2023, and I love Jaeger in DFS every single week. He's always moderately owned to Chalky, but just comes through, and he has so many paths to success. Like, Jaeger can get off to a first-round lead, shoot Gigolo in round one, and then have a slow Friday, and he gets himself out of the golf tournament, but work his way back into a, a, a steady... He's like in the top five through eight the entire weekend, but never in contention, you know what I mean? That's great for DFS. Or he can get off to a slow start like he did in Mexico. Okay round on Friday. Good okay round on Saturday. Great round on Sunday. Just a backdoor T3 and never once have a chance to win the golf tournament. That's fine. That's what Jaeger does. And DFS as a winning strategy. And I love him in DFS every single week. He's not he's like a, a B tier Xander Shoffley. He's not really in the mix, but he's always there at the end. Uh no, and no overwhelming, like, he's an amazing driver, an amazing putter. Like Xander Shoffley, he's just good across the board, good at everything. So I like Jaeger. Matthew Pavone, everything in this, everything I'm talking about is in the without Matthew Pavone market. He's clearly winning this event. He's obviously winning. FedEx, FedEx Cup leader, third place, first place. Fit. No, I'm joking. But Matthew Pavone is back after taking three weeks off 
kind of weird that he took three weeks off because like you win an event. Who do you think you are? Like you're just taking all these events off and you can play when you want to. All right, Matthew Pavone, I call bullshit. Uh, the, one of the highest prices he's been in his career. And I just not buying Matthew Pavone at an absolute ceiling when he's had a four week hot run. Cause this guy has been nothing for his entire career in the DP world tour. He was never a prolific winner on the DP world tour. He was like a seven K golf run DP world tour. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Sep Shaka, I love $8,600. Throw away those bad results on the West Coast. Sep's back to Bermuda. Sep has finished fifth and first the last two years he's played this event. And both events, he came in losing strokes on approach over the last few weeks, over the weeks prior to his wins or win in fifth. He's doing exactly that again. He's not, he, the short, he's hitting the ball fine. The short game is bad. He, he, he likes Bermuda. He likes chipping and putting at Bermuda. He's a Georgia Bulldog. Sep is a great play at $8,500. Jake Knapp, $8,400. Probably will miss the cut. Uh, if he has one of those drives he had on in Mexico on Sunday, he's in the water. He is dropping. He's making a double. And look, no beef to Jake Knapp, but he has his spots. He will have his spots going forward. Seth so Tagala courses, Cam Davis courses, not PJ National when there's a double on every single hole if you're not hitting the fairway or hitting the ball where you should. Sweet Bo Hostler, no real feelings at $8,300. I can see him making some noise. He's probably going to go under-owned, but I, I, no real feelings on Bo. Pretty much average. I, I skipped over Rasmus Huergaard, the brother of Nikolai, obviously $8,500. Not the spot you want to run out Rasmus. You want to run out Rasmus when you could just go bombs away off the tee and a, a driver putter type course. Rasmus will probably be in the water at some point. He's been playing really good on the DP World Tour. He hasn't finished outside the top 16, I believe, since like J- June. Something crazy. I will actually get a re- like a, an exact number on that. Rasmus has not finished outside of the... F- no. He has finished, on average, T14 in 12 straight events. That's crazy consistency. Like obviously he's doing things right, but of late he's been doing a lot of it with the putter on the deep, a lot like like concerning amount of putts he's made. So this is not the course you want to. I want to run out Rasmus, but he will definitely be a PGA Tour name over the next two years. He's still on the DP World Tour. He's got a special uh, exemption this week. Nikolai is not playing. Only Rasmus. Okay, who is the next guy I want to talk about? Alex Norin. Alex Norin with some great course history. Alex Norin is a prototypical perfect fit for uh, PGA National. Just the guy who just, it's a, it's, a, it's a mental war of attrition with Alex Norin. It's scramble, safe par, safe par, safe par. And then like Saturday comes around, he's T7. I love it. He's probably going to go under own two, $8,200, a great price. But Luke List, $8,100, seems a bit underpriced. He's missed his last three cuts here. But he finished T2 with the Genesis, and he, I'm not making putts. So if Luke Liss is putting, we know the ball striking is going to be there. Justin Rose at 8K is a full fade for me. He's hitting the ball really poorly, and he's missed a few cuts in a row here. Uh, I Justin Rose has had success, and he plays this event a lot, but he missed a cut in 2020. That was the last time he played. And he's not hitting the ball as good as he was hitting it last year coming into Pebble. Tom, 7K range. Tom Hoagie, an absolutely great case study for Tom Hoagie. He has horrific course history. Missed his last three cuts, but the recent form and the recent ball striking has been insane. Eighth at the Genesis, 17th at the at Phoenix, 6th at Pebble. And he has, let's see, this, in the entire field, only two guys have been hitting the ball 
better than Tom Hoagie over the last 36 rounds. And one of them has doesn't have enough sample size to even quantify. So second. The other name is Alexander Bjork, who I also like here. But Tom Hoagie is hitting the, his iron so well, and he's going to get a bunch of uh, wedges and middle irons like he loves. So I love Tom Hoagie at the 7K price point. Let me put my screen down a little more so we can talk through more guys in this range. I'm not going to go through every guy in the 7K range. I did just go through every guy 8K+. plus. So then you can thank me for that. Um, Taylor Pendrith, what a disappointing week in Mexico. And that's just, that's on you guys. You cannot trust Taylor Pendrith when he's chalky, but you cannot trust Taylor Pendrith on courses that makes sense for him. Like Taylor Pendrith goes to Mexico, bombs away, lean on to hit the driver as long as you want. Cause you're one of the longer hitters misses the fucking cut. Like unserious golfer, truly unserious golfer. Um, Thorbjorn Olsen, honestly, an impressive start for Thorbs in Mexico. What did he finish? He ended up finishing 46, but he was, he had a great round one and that was his first PGA tour start of the year and first PGA tour start in a while. No course history here. I have zero feelings on him. I'm wondering what, like if he'll, he'll, he'll be like 3% on 4% on Brendan Todd is an interesting one too, because he's got poor course history, but he's a golfer that makes sense. Like hit the ball in the fairway, get hot with the putter. Like that's what Brendan Todd does. Well, uh, the forms are right. I think I'd rather play Adam Svensson. Adam Svensson last year was so chalky. He was one of the chalkier players, but he finished, uh, he's never missed a cut and he's starting to trend. So makes sense. He's played well here and he's playing well right now. So if Adam, if Adam Svensson was really chalky last year, it didn't work out for you and you played him, go right back to him. So Christian Bezaydenu, another guy, $7,600. It makes sense for Christian Bezaydenu. Bermuda is his best surface. Very safe floor off the tee. Very safe floor with his iron. He's going to hit a lot of greens. Can he get hot with the putter? I'm hearing a bit much, a bit a lot of Christian Bezaden noise over the last 24 hours, which is a little bit odd to be on. Ricky Fowler at 7,500. Unserious golfer, but he's won here before. Like, I don't, what are we? I could see Ricky like first round leader. I, I, I could see it. That's under consideration. Ryan Fox, $7,400. Missed the, cut, missed the cut in Mexico, and I did like him there. But I think this is a better course for Ryan Fox. Gives you that complete game. Uh, suits, his, suits him a little bit more. Suits him a little bit better than Mexico. Mexico just bombs away. I, I, I like Ryan Fox last week, but I like him a lot more this week. Rio Hisatsune, $7,300. This court, he's made four out of his five PGA Tour car starts in 2024 and heads to a course that almost rivals the course that he won on in France. 14 under one there, 14 under one here last year, a ton of water, a ton of middle or, middle irons, a ton of bogey avoidance. Rio Hisatsune is a name to look out for and a name who can definitely light it up. All right, let's go down a little bit further. Um, Adam Shank is starting to, he, he plays well in, uh, in Florida, at least he did last year, and he's coming into Florida in very similar form than he did last year. Um, Lucas Glover continues. To, this is a Glover course. This is definitely a Glover course, and he's giving you a great price, $7,100. Matt McNeely, for some reason, had the best Iron Week of his career at PGA National. I believe that was two years ago, and he's kind of playing all right now. Don't hate it. Doug Gim, he's trending. Doug Gim's playing really good golf, and this is a golf course that makes a lot of, a lot of sense for him. Uh, Doug Gim is trending for his inevitable win at TPC Sawgrass because he's already won it twice in his career. All right. All right. All right. 
six K range. Thomas Dietrich. Go, uh, Tom, wait, Thomas Dietrich was like eleven. Is this the craziest price drop in in golf DFS history? Thomas Dietrich was ten thousand one hundred last week. He's sixty nine hundred dollars this week. That will be tweeted after the show. That's hilarious, and it makes sense. Thomas Dietrich was doing so much good work with his putter and driver, and he was squandering strokes on approach. So I'm out on Thomas Dietrich. I love Thomas Dietrich. Thomas Dietrich is the thumbnail, and look at his face and look at my face. We look kind of similar. So he's he's my guy, but I don't see it this week for good old Tommy Dietz. And he's, yeah, he's in the 6K range. Akshay Ristia is also at the same price, and he will be fairly chalky. Davis Thompson, first-round leader guy, potentially shot a round of 64 or 65 in Mexico, surrounded by three rounds of 70 or 71. So he's a guy who could pop in around. I do like it. Hopefully, it's in one of the earlier rounds, so he will make the cut. Um, ben Griffin, anytime you get short Bermuda, Ben Griffin is a lot. He is live. He, every single one of his top 10 starts has came on that style of golf course. So I'm down for Ben Griffin. Justin Self finished T5 last year and has been so hit or miss with the irons. It's like plus five or minus eight and like no in between. Gives you that uh, equity. Missed the cut last week, maybe a bounce back week, but I don't love the course fit for Justin Self. I thought it would be better last week and he did not do too well. I already gave the Sammy Valamaki thing. I was on him last week at 120 to one and he... Did not pan out. I do like Bob Mack at $6,500. Even before he flashed last week at the Mexico Open, I like PGA National for Bob, Bob McIntyre because he's a difficult conditions guy. The tee to green game has been really bad. The putting has just been awful. And a week before last week, he met with Brad Faxon, worked on his putting, and he finishes T8. So hopefully Bob Mack can parlay those finishes into another one this week because I think he can make some noise. I already talked about Alexander Bjork. I think he's another great play at $6,500. And yeah, I'm not going to go crazy in this 6K range. Mike Kim, $6,400, has no chance, says he's not comfortable with his driver. And if you're not comfortable with your driver around PJ National, you will end up in the water. We have more 5K plays this week. Um, wow. Wow. Anyone down here just catching my eye? Victor Perez, man. He made the cut last week. It could be him. Zach. Okay, I'm not going to deep dive this range crazy because we have an entire 6K bit show coming up on tomorrow afternoon. So that is almost every single name from uh, like 7, 7K up. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a quick 30 minutes on the DFS preview for this week. I will be back tomorrow with a bunch of content. I will be boots on ground, PGA National Thursday. No, tomorrow through, I don't know when I'm going to be there. Shout out Mondo Angelusia in the in the chat about Aaron Baddeley. He's just a guy who makes putts. Like, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, you guys know where to find me. DM me on Twitter, any questions. But I will be boots on ground tomorrow through Friday. We're going to get eyes on golfers. Anyone you want me to check out, text me, DM me. I will get eyes on them. Um, yep, just uh, rewind the show if you miss. Hey, listen, rewind the show. Rewind the show. It's 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 up it's up for a reason. Uh talk to you guys soon. Catch you guys soon. Catch you guys tomorrow. Peace out.